and he was standing at an alcohol dispenser and the automatic ones like the soda machines filling up a cup drinking beer looking oh like a sad puppy i think he had recently lost maybe that was after the makaya fight i don't know but he looked like shit download the all-star app make your picks for ufc fights challenge your friends level up and win prizes link in description get it now this is gonna be your third fight in uh in less than in less than four months man nobody i don't think is doing that in the ufc like what's the secret man because you see fighters they're not getting they're they're having a hard time getting a fight every six months you know how are you getting booked so often it ain't hard to fight dudes don't want to fight they're making enough money where they don't have to fight and they want to fight comfortably they want to have a whole camp, which is understandable at this level. I just feel like I'm good enough. I can beat anyone. I don't need seven weeks. I need four. I need, I'm training all the time. I need two or three to prepare for a specific type. I'm a full martial artist. I can do it all. So it's like a lot of guys, they have specific skill sets or they're in a certain division where something is uh, dominant. And so they try to stay away from certain fights. Me, I'm willing to fight anybody, anytime, any style, whatever. And so whenever the USC has called me um, and asked me, did I want to take an opportunity, I always say, yeah. And they kept that in mind. And I already told my manager when I got the LFA belt and I, then I defended it in the shortest amount of time in 40 days and then 43 days. And then um, after my title defense, I had to wait like five months and then I ended up fighting Mota in January of 2022. And then uh, after I, I beat Mota and knocked him out, I told my manager, you know, he was like, it's just a matter of time for UFC call you. And then it was just like another five. It wasn't until July till I was able to fight in the UFC and it was just forever. And I was already chomping at the bit two years in Thailand, two years during COVID, not being able to have a fight. So I've just been like, man, I'm taking as many fights as often as possible, as long as my body can hold up. Now I've fought through injuries this last six, eight months. I've fought through things being hurt. Um, but as long as they didn't inhibit me from being able to train, I felt like everybody fights with something. I'm not going to give myself an excuse. I got a baby girl coming. You know, once I found that out, I really started pressing the button and making sure I was on my recovery and taking care of my body. So the secret just has been, you know, just be a full-time martial artist and have a team around you that allows you to be able to continue to be consistent. You know, I've been very consistent with my training. I've been very consistent with my team and my coaches. And um, even with amidst, amidst traveling to Norway and Sweden and Thailand, I'm still finding ways to train. I reach out to coaches and teams. I found a good, find a good environment. And now I have things in places in those places when I'm there that I can train still as if I'm still in home. Cody Durden, man. Have you ever had face-to-face -face interaction with him? Like we've been in the same vicinity, but not face-to-face. First time I saw him was in Jacksonville when Burns fought Chimaev. 
and he was standing at an alcohol dispenser and the automatic ones like the soda machines filling up a cup drinking beer looking oh like a sad puppy i think he had recently lost maybe that was after the micaiah fight i don't know but he looked like shit and i just remember looking at him like i never let this motherfucker beat me and then i found out like he had been like poking and potting uh on twitter and stuff like that after the micaiah fight and i had made just a, a general tweet out to to the fans about who they who do you guys want to see next you know and i listed four or five fighters he was in one of them and then he made a slick comment and then from that moment on i was like all right cool you want to fight you know uh this is the sport we're in we're in a sport to fight we're in mma you know this is what we do we're fighters so um it was like i got some schedule you know, blah, 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 first. And then uh, he he didn't have an opponent. I didn't have an opponent. And I tweeted him. I was like, yo, uh, let's get it in on this date. I don't remember what the date was. And then no response. Next thing I know, he's scheduled to fight one of the Brazilians. One of the Brazilians drops out a week before the fight. Now, I'm scheduled to fight Zogas. A week before his fight, the fight drops out. Then he, he tweets out to me, oh, you still trying to fight, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nigga, I got a fight schedule. Like, how am I supposed to fight you now? You chose an easier fight and he backed out or he didn't, he pulled out of the fight. That's on you, bro. I said, but after this fight in December, we can get it. You know, I was scheduled to fight August and November and I wanted to back to back in November, December, honestly, before I went to Norway for the holidays to see my lady. So, um... Oh, B, he ended up getting Carlos Mota. And Carlos Mota on a week's, less than a week's notice, right? Um, And he just wrestled him. But he was in a full camp for that fight. And all he had to do was lay down, sit down, lay on uh, Carlos for three rounds. You get what I'm saying? So I'm like, you were supposed to do more in that fight? You came out of full camp. Carlos took his short notice, half hurt, half, you know, like doing all this shit just to make weight, you know. Um, you were supposed to really take advantage of that situation, Cody, and you just laid on the man. So then that fight happens. Um, I, I I get past August in a very close fight, in a fight that I feel like I won. And then I'm like, all right. I turn my sights to him. I'm like, yo, when you trying to fight, I tweet out to him. And and, uh, and I also see like Nick Manis, uh Posting on Twitter, he'll fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. And I'm like, all right, shit, I want another fight. I know I want another fight. So I tweeted both of them at the same time. I'm like, Nick or Nick, what's up? Like, I'm free. If y'all want to fight, let's get it. You know, like, I just want to fight. I don't give a, I don't care who the opponent is, right? But when I see you talking shit, Cody Durden and Nick Maynard saying he'll fight anybody, I'm like, I'm the same way, bro. Let's go. Like, that'll be, and that'll be a fun fight, right? So the matchmakers hit me up. In January, and I end up getting matched up with Jimmy. But like prior to me getting matched up with Jimmy and his opponent falling out, because um, I wasn't scheduled to fight him, I was just training. Uh, prior to his opponent falling out, uh, they messaged Cody and Nick about fighting me, and both of them turned the fight down with excuses. Now Nick had a valid one; his son had just been born; he didn't have the time, like. But I was like, you can't be tweeting. You'll fight anyone, anytime. And then when the matchmaker reach out to you to fight, 
you know, but I understand your situation, so don't be tweeting shit like you ready to fight anybody anytime. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's woofing, bro. Like, come on, like I'm trying to fight. Like, that's how I felt about that. It was no bad or nothing. I like, I like him as a, uh, you know a fighter and everything. But on Cody's part, it's like, oh, I got court. I got to do this. I'm like, bro, you've been talking shit since I fought Makayev in July, because they became teammates, right? You've been talking shit since I fought Makayev in July. The matchmaker reaches out to you. For a fight on, it was like three or four weeks notice. And I was like, I said, hell yeah. I didn't ask for a fight. They just said, this this opened up on this card. A fight fell out. Do you want to fight? I was like, hell yeah. No questions asked. And I already told my manager, if they reach out to you, anything, yes. It's a yes. I don't care who it is. It's a yes. Right? He was like, just confirming you're good to go. And on this date with this person, I'm like, yeah, make it happen, baby. You know? It was like, my manager was like, yes, go, let's go. I, I, I think we're going to get this one because he had seen what Cody had been saying too. My manager, I kid you not, my manager messaged me back an hour later. He's like, you're not going to believe this. Cody said no. <laughs> I did. <laughs> All that talking, right? So I get the Jimmy Flick fight. I handle my business with Jimmy. And um, I go to Thailand. I'm just going, I'm not going to train, I'm just going to chill, train a little bit, obviously I'm going to be in ti at Tiger, train a little bit, but I'm not like preparing for nothing, I'm just out there to get some pad work, do a little bit here and there, enjoy being in a good weather, it's cold in Michigan, you know, uh, Mick Maynard hits me up, and he's like, uh, somebody just fell out against Ode Osborne, that fight's in a week and a half. 12 days, 13, 13 days, 12 days. It's like, do you want to fight? My manager's like, do you want to fight? I'm like, I mean, I have been, like, training, like, almost every day, like, once in a session. I just get out of the Jimmy Flick fight. I feel good. My hand's still broke, but I feel good. Uh, it's, it's like a boxer fracture. I'm like, I feel good. Uh, uh, yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. You know, like, and then I just get into two-a-days running, trying to get my body ready to compete again after coming down from the fight, not, you know, relaxing, you in a different mindset. So I take the Ode Osborne fight. I'm feeling good by the time the fight rolls around, but I get a sinus infection, and the trip uh, is a 30-plus hour trip over here back because um, the flight the UFC got me. just had me long overlays and shit like that. So I end up being like a 30-plus hour trip back and then when I get to Vegas it's sleeting the wind's blowing 15-20 miles per hour it's dry um, the weather change was drastic from humid to that and I had a sinus infection that I got like two days prior to leaving I'm like fuck man like what else like but I'm like this this high I'm good it's whatever you know focus on the weight cut you know, we got to a catch weight, which was still tough to make, um, given the, the time period. And I had it been waterloading. I had it been preparing to cut, you know. So that's that was tough. So I make the weight, and um, I had a whole little weight issue with at the weigh-ins and stuff. And so I ended up getting there, the last person on the scales for the second time. Second fight card in a row, and that's never happened to me, but it's just like, uh, I don't know, something happened with the scales where the scale that I had measured up with the one at the hotel, 
was on. It was on. And then when I went back, I was 0.6 over. They were the same. And then when I went back, it was 0.6 over at the hotel. I was like, what the fuck? So, like, I'm, I I check in the room. I'm like, all right, I'm on way, baby. I cool down. I get my shit ready to go to weigh-ins. I get back down there just to hurry up and quick check before we head over to the Apex. 0.6 over. 0.4 over. That's what it was. 0.4. I'm like, what the fuck? He was like, it's okay. Sometimes, the, you know, the scales read a little bit uh, heavier. But if you step on the actual scale over there, you should be on weight. I'm like, bro, I'm not finna chance to go over there and then not be able to cut. So I go back up to my room to try to cut a little bit more just to get a sweat. I don't break a sweat or nothing when I get up to the room. I take 30 minutes, then it'll be in a whole nother hour by the time I get to the apex. It's 1040 when I'm weighing in. You know, I'm like one of the last people to weigh in. So I hate that because I like being there right when it's time to weigh in so I can start my rehydration. Everybody else rehydrated. So it was just like, I was like, man, coach, I feel like they did something to the scale. Like, like, made it a little heavier so guys be on weight or something because ain't no way that it's, like, magically 0.6 difference between our scale upstairs and the, and the one down there. And then when I get there and I step on the scale on the thing, it's like, 130, you're good. I'm like, like, it just blew my mind. Like, I, I couldn't make any sense of it. Um, and I was like, I just cut that weight for no fucking reason. Like, I think they did something to the scale. <laughs> So that was rough. And then I, I, so I had a tough weight cut. So I'm like, I'm dealing with all these things going to the fight, but I'm still feeling phenomenal today of the fight versus um, O'Day minus the sinus infections. And I'm like, I can't breathe out my nose. Um, but like, I'm still feeling like good. And I'm like, it's a blessing, man. I've, I've been blessed these last eight months. Because, you know, the work that you put in is going to eventually show. So all this, all that I've done the last two years prior to getting into the UFC, I train hard. I work. It's showing in the UFC. That's why I'm able to be so active. And I'm, I'm keeping my body healthy. I have a training regimen. I don't take time off. And when I do, it's just to, like, make sure that I'm healthy. And I'm, I'm still working when I take my time off. And it shows, you know, and I feel like it shows. And I just think it's just a little things here and there with these three-round fights that I got to change to get the judges not because um, I'm I'm suited for five-round fights. And I know how I fight. I know, like, they say styles make fights. And it's like everybody tell me you got to start fast or you got to be this. You got to like, I do start fast. This is flyweight. You don't have a chance to, like, you know, like, but it's like I've never been, like, just to go in there and knock a person out. I can knock people out, but I don't never been like, you know, it's flyweight, bro. Like, guys is blitzing in and out, in and out. It's a lot of movement. It's difficult to just get in there and get somebody out. So I can say I've been blessed, man. I've been blessed to have these opportunities to put the best version of myself out there. I got to do a better job of taking advantage of the end and beginning of fights. You know, like the end of the fight when my my cardio is actually getting to the point where I can break people and not working at that pace. In the beginning of the fight, just trying to um, be meaner and get out there quicker, you know, because I get out there and I, and, I, and I literally, how I fight is very similar to Cheeto Vera and I don't hang my cap on that, but I do, you know, because it's like I break, and Peter, training with Peter, like we, we, we break our person down and then as the fight goes on, you don't get those things, you know, so... I know I'm suited for five rounds, but, you know, this Cody Durden fight, I think that uh, the way that he starts fights, 
it's gonna suit well for what I'm I've been preparing to do in a three round fight, you know, and I don't think he'll be able to push at the pace that I've been pushing at in camp and since preparing for this fight, I don't think he'll be able to push at the same pace as me for three rounds. You know, he's been in the UFC for a few fights now. Do you see an evolution in him? Like his fights, or do you feel like he just fights the same, like he has the same game plan basically for every single opponent? I think that I don't think he's changed. I think he's gotten better at what he does. And I think he throws his hands a little bit more. He opens up a little bit more. But certain opponents allow you to do that. And certain styles allow you to do that. He hasn't faced anyone like me since Gutierrez, his UFC debut. Um, switching feet, moving around, throwing kicks, throwing hands. He's faced guys that were boxing styles, tight, short, compact. I'm long. I can box inside, I can box outside, I can kick inside, I can kick outside, I can wrestle. I can take the fight wherever it needs to go. He hasn't seen that. Now he took Chris Gutierrez down and held him down the whole round. The first round of that 135 fight, he wasn't a 35er. I don't put much into that, but that does show that. I mean, when you watch the fight, Gutierrez just kind of like chilled in there the whole time. Just did this for like a whole round with him on his back, just sitting there. And then the second round, it's like he was like, all right, I'll fight now, you know. And so I don't take much from it, but I do see that from his time in the in, at when he entered the UFC to his time now, he's tightened up a little things about what he does, but he's still the same guy. Um, his jujitsu is getting better. His wrestling is his wrestling. And he's getting more comfortable just firing on guys because he's connecting and hurting guys that just shell up, you know. And so I think Styles, like, his, his Styles make fights. He has a very pressure-forward, wrestle-heavy type. And um, the guys he's beaten, albeit he was just – he went out there and imposed his will early and, you know, little gloves, anything can happen. You guys have uh, three common opponents, Mota, Flick, and Makaev. You know, people will look into it and, and see some MMA math. You see any truth to that? I mean, I finished two of them, and the other one I lost a decision, and nothing happened to me in that fight. I got out-wrestled for three rounds. And not to say that Muhammad's not a great mixed martial artist. He is. He can. He did the right things. He pushed me back, and he, he, took, uh, he fought the exact fight he needed to fight to beat me, right? But as far as him, he got finished, finished, and laid on the guy. Do you think he's gonna try to do what Makaev did to you? Of course. You think that that's probably camp, is it clear as same day? Camp, same camp, same coaches. Now they got to take notes with the Zogus fight because that was the second camp I fought. The second time I fought that camp, so they like, oh, he does this. But like each fight, I fight people differently, you know. And I'm comfortable here. I'm and like some guys, I give them the benefit. This is what I was telling coach. Sometimes I give. I'm too cautious. I give guys too much the benefit of the doubt, um, for what they are good at, and I don't press what I'm gonna do. When I'm doing me, and you see it in every fight. When I get into me, and I start opening up, nobody touches me. So it's just about getting there as soon as possible and 
not thinking so much, you know, being cerebral about what I'm doing, but not thinking too much. Just going out there and believing in you're going to put this guy down. You're going to push him back. You're going to get this, you know, you're going to do this and do it. And it's about putting a number in my head right now. I think that, I think we solved the riddle this, this, this camp. Coach gave me a number in my head of strikes to throw, a number of in my head of what to hit. When I was running amateur track and I was a national champion in AAU track, and, and my dad, I would run 3,000 meters, right? So that's seven and a half laps. My dad gave me a number to hit every 200 meters of the 3,200 meter race, 3,000 meter race. So every half lap, I had a number I needed to be at, a mark, right? Having that number in my head made me focus on something and I grew through a race. Same thing. Now my coach, I didn't I didn't correlate the two until a few days ago. And my coach said it last about a week and a half ago. And so we just been focused on that. And it's and it shows like when I'm doing my rounds, I'm like I'm thinking about that number and I'm pumping. When I feel like I'm not throwing it, I'm like, oh, I'm not near that number yet. Right. So it, it definitely translated. And I think just having that number in my head is going to push me to just get out faster, do better in this fight. This fight, do you feel like it could be like the breakout fight, like where you can go in there and kind of even show like, you know, some some of your wrestling as well? Because Cody's going to wrestle. Yeah, you that's I, mean, I, I can do anything. And it's just about me deciding what I want to do in a fight. You know, a lot of times I make myself one dimensional when I can do everything. A lot of times I like, I stay away from something because I'm like, that's what he wants to do. So I'm gonna make him not do it. And I'm gonna make him do this the whole time and make him bring him out of that water where he's not gonna ever feel feel comfortable. If he likes to wrestle, I'm just gonna not let him wrestle. But now I'm like going with my guys and going with coach and just like, Push them guys, take them down, put those guys on their back, beat them up off their back. All right, make them stand back up, threaten to take down, come back up. They know they can, you can take them down now. That changes things, you know? And so I'm just making little tinkers with what I'm doing. And because uh, I want, I like keeping the fight stand up. The fans love that. I love it. I, I want to fight you, bro. I don't want to get in here and have an ultimate wrestling competition. Like, that's not what we're in it for. We're in here to fight. And now part of fighting is wrestling, yes. But I think that very much so our sport maybe need one more change as far as the wrestling because it's many times like nothing's happening. But within our rule set, you can't change the position because it's threatening. But it's been there for two, three minutes and nothing has happened. You know, so I don't know. We'll see. All I know is that I know I can put him on his back. I know I can push him back. I know I can take him down. I know I can wrestle him. I know he got a little bit of jujitsu in his belt. He's training with the Diego uh, Lima. And, like, I know. I know those guys know what they're doing. I hear them. I'm listening to them when they're coaching them. And they're coaching them through every position. I've trained with them in Thailand. They're good guys. You know, it's a good camp. At the end of the day, you're not that guy. You're not that guy, bro. You're not the guy to beat me. Ode wasn't that guy. I felt like I won that fight. I did all the damage. You don't remember any moments from that fight that he had. But he got the win in the judge's eye. But if you're judging it from a fight, 
I opened him up, closed his eye and messed his leg up. And he was limping after the fight. And I'm jumping around like, damn, I got tired. My sinus invasion fucked me up. But, like, that's the only thing. You know, like, I'm ready to go. And I had the fight scheduled with dirt in less than 48 hours later. I'm <laughs> yeah, good. you did. You did. You know? You did. You know, and, and, and that's the difference. That's what I'm saying. Like, when people think about this, like, I won that fucking fight against Ode. I should be on a three-fight win streak going into this fight. And and that alone in itself, the fact that I'm not is kind of pissing me off because I took a chance on myself and I felt like I should have been rewarded because I I won that fucking fight. I, there's no way. And I don't feel like I deserve to lose that fight either, you know? And so even watching it back multiple times, I'm like, I don't know. Ooh what happened in their eyes i pulled i i pulled the guillotine twice in the third but he shot again after that and i sprawled him and flattened him all the way out which is what i did the whole fight when i chose to take a risk i got penalized for it a finishing risk i went going for a finish i'm not just trying to hold on to people i'm i'm choosing to go for stuff to try to finish fights and i get penalized for it but if I just sprawl and get them off, I mean, I'm rewarded for that. You get what I'm saying? So, like, it was that part of it uh, kind of pissed me off, you know, and um, having taken a fight short notice, you know, um, and feeling like I lost to a guy that I'm better than in a full camp. I would never get tired in a full camp. He, I finish him, you know, and that that right there is kind of like been under my skin. And now guys think I'm going to get tired in three rounds. When I had all that shit I was dealing with. And, and I still pushed him to his limit. He was in a three-month camp. He was in a camp running heels like he was Rambo. You know, he, he's out there running heels like he's Rambo in Vegas. You know, like he lives there. He trains there. He's used to that climate, you know. And I still pushed him to his limit on 12 days notice. You know, off the boat with Santi. Chilling. When you visualize... Like, I'm pretty sure, you know, there's, like, the animosity heading into the fight. So it kind of gives you uh, a, a certain edge to go in there and, and really do damage, right, and to 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 finish him. Like, how do you visualize a finish in this fight? Uh, man, I, just, I know I'm going to clip him with something and hurt him, and he's going to look to wrestle. I, I see that happening. And I see I can catch him coming in. I can catch him going out. As the fight wears on, he he gets tired, cause his 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 style is war of attrition, right? But it affects him a lot, and his third round never looks like his first. The middle to end of his second round never looks like the first six seven minutes. He slows down a lot, so you make him push his own pace harder and break it. Just break him in his own shit. I'm going to break him in his own world. And then once I see those eyes start to wander and look for air, I'm going to take it. And you're going to be sleep or you're going to be tapping, one of the two. I, I've been drilling to finish, not drilling to counter anymore. I'm drilling to finish now. And so everything I'm doing in jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and, and my striking, I'm trying to hurt people. And not hurting my teammates, but I'm drilling for that. So 
I get to implement that in a fight, not as much in the practice when I'm taking care of my partners. But the things that I'm working on with my jujitsu coach, things I'm working on with my, my head coach and my hands and my striking, it's going to show. April 29th, man. UFC Fight Night in Las Vegas. Go in the descriptions, download the All-Star app. Charles, man, appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, man, this is an exciting one. This is the this is the the fight that has been built up, you know, for the last, I don't even know how many months. And people are looking forward mm -hmm. to it. And it's actually going to happen. So yeah, I, and, I, and I'm excited that the fans get to see it. I'm excited that uh, I've been trying to do my part, you know, keep everybody a part of the journey and the fans and everything and keep everyone included. And he's gone quiet since we took the fight, you know. I guess that's his version of locking in, you know. I'm like, keep talking your shit. Don't switch it up now, you know, because um, I wasn't the one that started this. You know, he trying to, I feel like he's kind of trying to turn me heel a little bit. And uh, everybody knows I'm like, I'm. I'll have the fun with emojis. I'll have the fun with the internet. I'll have the fun with all of the memes and shit. That's what I do. I'm a graphic designer. If you start it, I'm going to finish it. And so I think it's fun for the fans. It's fun for me as a fighter. But it's never fun when they start it and then they don't play with you, right? They start the, the bullshit talk, but then they don't play and then they get quiet. and they don't... No, keep playing the game. You know, let's have fun. Because at the end of the day, we're going to get in there and fight. And so when I get, when I see them this week coming up, I'm talking shit every time I see them. And I'm letting them know what it's going to be fight night. And I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to enjoy every, I'm going to enjoy every day that I get to see his ugly ass face and, and tell him how I feel about him up until the fight. And then when the fight starts, it's going to be fucking calculated destruction. It's not emotional because... The emotions of like, I already want to hurt you. I already been drilling and training to do that. It's not going to be emotional. Like, you're not hurting my feelings, all this shit talking you've been doing. That shit makes it fun for me. I come from a culture of shit talking. <laughs> Let's do it. It up. So, fans, April 29th. Y'all be on the lookout. Cody Durden. We the fourth fighter tonight. Officially, it looks like by tapology. Looks like we'll be the fourth fighter tonight. So, it's, it's a good one for the prelims. And uh, I think it's the it's the people's people's main event, <laughs> you know, and it's going to be a barn burner from the jump. So make sure everybody tune in.